Hello and welcome to the Stamina Corporals podcast. I'm Adam Judy. I'm Abraham Yahya. And I'm Isabel Faliyumu. In October 2018, my co-host Maggie Hoare and I recorded an interview with the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. Nicola shared her views in education in STEM with us, and it was a really exciting day for Maggie and I. At the end, Nicola even said she would ask her friend and colleague, John Sweeney, to sit down with us and tell us more about STEM education in Scotland. And today, we are in his office at the Scottish Parliament Building in Edinburgh. Hi John, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell everyone listening a little bit about who you are? Well, hello. I am John Swinney. I'm the Deputy First Minister and the Cabinet Secretary for Education and Skills. And I'm also the Member of the Scottish Parliament for Perthshire North. So I've sort of got three jobs. I've got to look after the people of Perthshire North and make sure their concerns are raised in Parliament. Secondly, I've got to make sure that Scottish education is as successful as it possibly can be and meets the needs of all the young people in our country. And thirdly, I've got to deputise for Nicola Sturgeon on different issues in government and just the other week there I answered her questions because she was away at the D-Day commemorations in France. So I've got quite a, a varied job in what I do. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. We're looking forward to hearing about education in Scotland. Unfortunately, Maggie couldn't join us today, but she's done a lot of work behind the scenes coming up with some great questions to ask you. To begin with, when you were our age, did you like science? Yes, I did. I was always intrigued by the experiments we did in classrooms. I think when I was at primary school, I probably did less science than you will do nowadays in science because in recent years we've tried to make sure there's more and more sciences undertaken within classrooms in Scotland. But as a primary school pupil, I enjoyed science. The whole podcast is all about um, STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths. And within all of that, I was a bit of a maths enthusiast, so I really like my maths. I also like maths as well. Do you have any experience in STEM? Uh, yes, I, well, I, through my school education, I undertook a lot of STEM activity, both in primary school and in secondary school. And the education system obviously has changed quite a bit since I was at school, but I did sciences throughout my uh, secondary education. In my working life, my working life has been more about the maths side of things than the science side. So before I became a member of parliament, I worked in the insurance industry. So I had to use my maths a lot within the insurance industry. And then, of course, for nine years, I was the finance minister, so I had to know how to use maths when I was the finance minister. You may be aware that STEM in Agorapas is a community-driven project in collaboration with primary schools. Do you think projects that involve the whole community like this are important? I think it's important in general that education is set within the community. I think it's really vital that our schools are connected to communities because some of the challenges that young people face or some of the good work that schools can undertake shouldn't be taken forward in isolation. So I see lots of fabulous projects where school pupils are engaged so actively with communities and communities are supporting schools in all their work. So in general, I think that's really important. But for for STEM activity, I think that's just as relevant because it's important that in the wider community, you have access to organisations that can help you with your STEM interest. So, for example, on links up with you know, businesses that are out there, they'll have experience in STEM subjects and you could appreciate some of that if you had people coming into your school from industry. So there's a really interesting mix that can come together. 
Okay, so I have some questions to ask on behalf of Maggie. Maggie writes, When I was preparing for this podcast, I came across two very interesting YouTube videos. One of them was on the importance of training more STEM teachers in Scotland. Do you think it is important for us to learn about STEM subjects in school? Yes, I do. And I think one of the difficulties we face is about having enough STEM teachers in our secondary schools and having enough confidence about STEM subjects in our primary school teachers. So what I mean by that is that in some subjects in secondary schools, and I was just having a discussion about this earlier on today, about computing science, we don't have enough computing science teachers. So what have I done about that? Well, what I've done is I've put in place extra funding that would enable somebody who was already working in in a STEM subject, an engineer or a computer scientist or somebody working in the finance industry, we would give them a sum of money which would allow them then to do the training to become a teacher and it would help to to meet their costs of of, of undertaking their studies. So that's one thing we've done to try to help that. And the other thing in relation to primary schools is that I think sometimes one of the challenges in primary schools is that we ask teachers to be general teachers, to do everything. And sometimes teachers are more confident in one part of their teaching than in others. So what we've got to do is to work with teachers to boost their confidence in STEM subjects so they're more confident about what they're doing and therefore able to deal with a broader range of topics within the curriculum. Maggie's second question is about adverse childhood experience or ACE. She has written here that she noticed you're very passionate about this. Could you tell us what adverse childhood experiences are? Adverse childhood experiences is actually a piece of thinking that's come from the United States and it's about identifying what are the things that happen in childhood which can then have a a negative effect on that child later on in life. And if you look at those, and there's a number of different issues that are identified as adverse childhood experiences, things like family breakup or about alcohol and substance misuse or about violence or about um, cruelty within households. And these are identified as being things that, if they're not talked about and resolved as early as possible, might come back to be an obstacle to people later in life. And what's become ever clearer to me is that adverse childhood experiences can be a barrier to learning. If you've got something on your mind, and I'm no different, actually, I'm 55. If I've got something on my mind that I can't get out of my mind, I can't think straight about other issues. So if you're a child and you've got something worrying away in your mind and you can't sort it out and you're worried about it, you won't be able to learn as effectively as if you've got a nice open mind able to handle all sorts of things. So adverse childhood experiences are these things and about how we try to work to overcome them. Have you had any background experiences from your life which encouraged you to work on this topic? Not from my own life, not in my own experience, but what I have had, I've been a member of Parliament for 22 years now, and in that time I've seen lots of people experiencing really tough things in life, and I'm acutely aware of how much of a burden that can be for people. So what that experience has taught me is that it's really important to help people to overcome these difficulties so that they can get on and be good learners in the future. I think Maggie must have liked this topic a lot because she's got more ACE-related questions. For this question, she writes, 
You say you want to make Scotland the first ace-aware nation. How will you do this? We'll do that by making sure that all of our people in public service, whether they are teachers or ambulance drivers or police officers or healthcare workers, wherever they are active, they understand adverse childhood experiences so that they can help people from the minute they start working with them trying to overcome those barriers and those burdens that exist for them. So that's what we're doing and we're, we're doing things, we're, we're just launching um, some new training with what's called trauma training and that's about trying to equip our public service with a knowledge of what do you do to help somebody who's experienced trauma. This sounds like something we spoke to Nicola about. When we interviewed her last year, we told her that there are lots of young people in the garbos, but we don't all have the same opportunities. How can you encourage and support people from all backgrounds in STEM jobs if that's what they want to do? I think it's a combination of making sure that young people have a broad enough curriculum experience, so they're doing a broad enough range of subjects within schools and topics to give them an interest in, in different subjects and topics, particularly the STEM subjects, and then to make sure that we've got enough exposure to those issues within our schools. So I'm really keen to encourage companies who are actively involved in STEM activity to come into schools and encourage young people to be interested in these topics. And I think that exposure to these topics is a really exciting part of what can be done because that brings it all to life you know however good your teachers are it can be quite a struggle to get you to picture what it might be like to work in a STEM subject but if you went out into a factory or to a university and saw some of this activity in place you'd get a much better feel for it are there children who need support where you come from too yes there are and you know i represent a very diverse community i represent part of a city and I represent a vast area of countryside. So the people that I represent, some of them face challenges of living in the city, and others face challenges because it's difficult to access public services because they live in a dispersed area around the countryside. So it's quite a, it's quite a balance that I've got to strike in making sure that everyone gets the support that they require. What else do you plan in to improve Scotland schools? What I'm focusing on just now is... Uh, about making sure that our schools are supported to take the best decisions that affect your education in your school. I think your teachers are the ones, the people who are best placed to decide what should be the root of your education because they're, they're working with you all the time. They're seeing you every day. They're seeing what you're interested in and they can help you to make your pathway through education. So I want your teachers to feel really confident. The word I use is empowered, that they're in control of working with you to decide how your education should go forward. Then the other thing that I'm doing to improve Scottish education is that I'm determined to make sure that poverty, uh, living in deprivation, is not in any way an obstacle to young people having a bright future through the power of education. So I want to make sure that we overcome the obstacle that poverty is in the education of young people. Your job title also includes the word skills. What kind of STEM skills does Scotland have a lot of and which ones do we need? We have a lot of STEM skills in um, science, in technology, in engineering and in maths. We see that in the company base that we have in Scotland. We have lots of finance companies. We have lots of engineering companies. We have lots of innovation centres working with our universities. 
We have lots of science faculties now, universities. We have a lot of developments within the scientific community. And Scotland, of course, has got a really rich history over many, many years of creating some of the greatest scientific developments in the history of the world and civilization. So we've got a lot of really strong foundations about STEM within our society. But we need to be continuously refreshing that in the period going forward. So the, the work that I think we've got to focus on is how do we make the most out of all of those connections. I understand that part of your job involves representing us, so I wondered if there was anything you wanted to know from us to help you improve education in Scotland. Well, I, I listen to children young people all the time, and I see children young people when I'm out and about in schools. I'm going to school tonight, I'm going to Springburn Academy, just another part of Glasgow for me tonight. So I, I listen to children and young people all the time. So I'm interested to know from you the things that you think would make a difference. So one of the things I've heard a lot of from pupils is they want to make sure the pupil voice is heard, that what you want to say about education and about life is heard within our education system. So I'm really committed to making sure that we hear pupil voice, but I'd be interested to know what you think I should be doing. I like maths, so I would like to enter a lot of math competitions. Oh well, when you're, when you're slightly older, um, you'll be able to enter the Deputy First Minister's Holiday Maths Challenge. Are you, are you getting ready for that, are you? Well, we're building a sensory garden and I want it to be bigger so the children can have fun. Lovely. In a lovely outdoor environment. Yeah, I like more engineering included in our, in our cu- curriculum mm. that children, if they want to have a future in engineering, can already have background knowledge. Well, that's good because that, that would give... That, that addresses my point about young people having access to all the different areas of the world and yeah. that matter. Do you like what you do? It must be very stressful deciding the future of Scotland's children. Yes, it is. <laughs> very stressful. But I love it. It's the privilege of my life to do this. And um, I never imagined when I became involved in politics, I was only 15 when I joined the Scottish National Party, I never ever imagined I would end up being a government minister and being the Deputy First Minister of Scotland. So it is the privilege of my life to do this, and particularly to have a job which is so related to the future of the country, because the future of our country depends on you and all your other friends and colleagues around about the country. So having the opportunity to shape the future of the country working with you is a very special privilege. Do you have anything in place to ensure that poverty doesn't affect the future of children? Well, this is, I I think, perhaps the key thing that I think about and focus upon because it's very clear to me that poverty is a barrier to young people fulfilling their potential. So we've got, and the way to help young people out of poverty is to use the power of education to do so. So I'm concentrating my efforts and trying to ensure that we improve the circumstances affecting young people so we can en- enable you to be able to, um, all young people, to be able to, to live a life out with poverty. Following on from a bar's question, I have something I love asking everyone. What inspires you to do what you do? What, I'm trying to, what inspires me is that I'm working to try to ensure we have the best future for Scotland, and that is at the heart of all that I want to do in my political life is to make sure that we create the best future for Scotland and obviously within the field of education 
uh, we have that opportunity to do so. So I get constantly inspired by meeting children and young people around the country, hearing their views and trying to do all I can to, uh, to address uh, their issues and their challenges. It was great speaking to you today. We are really grateful that you took the time to speak with us and uh, we hope our questions weren't too tough. Well, your questions were, were, uh, well, they were very important and they, were, and they were very tough actually as well. But let me just say it's my pleasure to speak to you and to hear of your views and to answer your questions uh, and, and also to just see just how much strength there is in what you're doing in your project in the Gobbles community and you're such a credit to to your school and to your families and your teachers. So thank you very much for the interview. We also hope you can attend one of our events if you're ever in Glasgow. Well, I would love to come through to attend one of your events. I'll come and visit your school now that, now that, now that I've met you here and that we've uh, had our podcast. Uh, I'd love to come through and uh, see your school and chat some more about these issues. That's all we have time for in this episode with the Deputy First Minister. We really enjoyed speaking to him and getting his views into him and learning about education in Scotland. I'm Adam Judy. I'm Abraia here. And I'm Isabel Falina. And this has been the STEM in the Gorgos podcast. Thank you all for listening.